This is a Soulfire production. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Politically Homeless. It's been a little while. It has been a little while, but I'm glad to be here with you today. Bringing in my sultry voice today. I can hear it in my headphones. Ooh. It's like ASMR. Anthony Fauci. Gain of function research. Vaccine mandates. It's like ASMR, but it gives you anxiety instead. I should do that. I should do that. There have been some righteous memes floating around the internet today. Thanks to AOC wearing a um, tax the rich dress at the uh, Met Gala. Which when, I, when, when I'm in a situation, when I've got a lot of things going on, September is my month. You guys, I've told you guys this. I'm not taking like a really like a, a December break like we used to with the old podcast and all that. September is the month where I... Take my time. I only pull out the choice nugs. Only cover the, the stories that I feel like are important, like really important. And I have like let it go a lot, of, a lot go by the wayside because this is the time when I'm doing a lot of elk hunting, uh, duck hunting, just different things. I think the fall is just my time. And whenever my time, my my time that I cherish and honor is interrupted by having to give a fuck about a dress or the Met Gala, I find that personally offensive. I find it personally offensive that, that I have to do that, but the best thing that comes out of it that makes it all okay, the thing that makes it all okay is the motherfucking memes. Oh my God, the memes have been glorious today. They have been glorious. And I was up at 2 o'clock this morning. I went and shot some ducks. It was very fun. It's good to be back out there. Wasn't a sharpshooter, but I was expressing my Second Amendment on. How about this? Here's here's this. For be, how about this for being politically homeless? I was expressing myself via the Second Amendment on government lands. Weird. That's strange, isn't it? Because if I didn't if I didn't have these government lands to hunt on, that the government pays for, takes care of. Well, via our tax dollars, by the way, and hunting licenses and other things, taxes added on to things, then I wouldn't have the option to go out and do a thing with my Second Amendment privileges. I wouldn't have that. It's funny how that works. How sometimes government is incredibly appropriate and makes good guidelines, and sometimes government is absolutely full of shit. People like Charlie Kirk would have you think that that public land is is a waste of resources. Should all be privatized. And Charlie Kirk is a fucking moron for saying dumb shit like that. But nonetheless, here we are. And I'm rambling a little bit since I have been up since 2 two o'clock this morning. But I'm just grateful to be here. We're going to cover a few things. Fauci, gain of function, that whole thing. Um, Biden's Department of Labor mandates. Uh, and a drone strike. So what we're going to do with this uh, drone strike video is I'm just going to, I haven't actually watched it yet. It's 10 minutes long and I'm just going to do kind of a reaction to it as in real time. 
because this drone strike that happened after the chaotic pullout of Afghanistan. Now, all pullouts are messy. There is no way to pull out without making a bit of a mess. And we have to understand that. So we couldn't have hoped for perfection. You can't pull out without expecting to have to grab a towel. You know what I mean? But we could expect for it not to be as big of a mess as it was. I think it was a a surprise to everyone. Maybe. I don't know. But we're figuring it out. Anyways, there was a drone strike following that extraction, that pullout. And um, we're going to learn a little bit more about that. And, of course, we got something to think about. Now, instead, I'm just pulling out the choice nugs. This is kind of my my recoup and recover week or month, excuse me, where I also spend the entire time completely exhausted. (laughs) So um, can't wait to get back in the woods and not have to think about this. Not having service is a beautiful thing. Not having cell service is a beautiful thing. Every now and then I can download a podcast and listen to that in the tent at nighttime and just stay up to date. Maybe I'll listen to an audio book sometimes. But when you do this and you're, and you're just balls deep in the darkness that is our current reality, it's good to unplug. And I think that's part of being politically homeless. I talked about that on one of the early shows, how getting out and tuning out of this, turning this shit off, not this show necessarily, but just turning the bullshit off for a while. For me, that's usually in the woods or something similar. Out with the dogs, whatever. For other people, it could be something else. Maybe watching a movie. It doesn't matter. Whatever that is for you, it's important. Because shit is not getting any less fucked anytime soon. We're in a very embarrassing time in our history. This is a very, and regardless of whether Joe Biden makes it the four years, or doesn't make it to four years, and Kamala Harris is do whatever, and then Nancy Pelosi somehow is vice president. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? When I remember when the conservatives were like calling for Joe Biden's, um, Joe Biden to step down. It's like, so you want Kamala Harris as the president and Nancy Pelosi as the vice president? Is that what you would like to see here? Is that what you think? Do you think that if he steps down, like the previous president is all of a sudden president again? It's crazy. It's crazy, but this is a very embarrassing time for us. We had the, the Trump years were embarrassing. And I know there's, I know I have Trump supporters in the audience, but you have to understand if you're not one of those people, right? If you're not even politically engaged, the Trump presidency was, is an embarrassment. The Biden presidency is an, is an embarrassment. Now, there are some things that have been done in the Biden presidency that I am in favor of. But that loopy-ass old man is embarrassing to our country. And it would be nice. It would be nice to have a president. Like, you can say, I don't, I didn't vote for Obama. I didn't vote in the in his second term anyways at all. Uh, sure as fuck I was going to vote for Bitt Romney. Before that, I voted for John McCain. That's where I was coming from, okay? But I can say that Obama wasn't embarrassing, on the world stage, I wasn't traveling abroad. I wouldn't think like, oh, I'm mean, kind of, I need to like maybe pretend not to be an American. I do that for other reasons. 
but not because of the president. It's a weird deal. It's a weird time. And it, it's, I think, some of the outrage that we see and the way that we treat one another, which is what we're going to talk about today and something to think about, is, is a symptom of embarrassment. You ever know those times, you ever been really embarrassed in your life, you know, or seen somebody who's really embarrassed and the first thing they want to do is lash out? Like they don't want, there's like this immediate response following embarrassment. It's why like hurt people hurt people, right? Or bullies are usually bullied. Um, it's like this response to deflect your embarrassment into someone else. And I think that is what is happening to an entire nation, entire generations. What upsets me is that baby boomers who seem to have fucked us all aren't really dealing with this. They're on Facebook, I guess. Facebook is like a boomer site now, which is odd, but it is what it is. But as far as everywhere else, the boomers just get to live in that house that's now worth half a million dollars that they bought for $35,000 when they were 23. And uh, get social security checks and complain about shit while they do nothing. And don't acknowledge that they fucked everyone. Don't acknowledge that at all. And just wish that Reagan was still president. Like this is the weirdest shit ever. It is the weirdest shit ever. So strange. So odd. But we're here. We are very much here. And we have to deal with the reality. And we have to confront the reality. And we have to accept the reality. And that means that for all of my partisan listeners out there, I don't need to tell the politically homeless this this too much. But I know just like I listen to conservative outlets, there's some people who are firmly entrenched in whatever their side is that listen to this show. You need to take responsibility. I'm not pointing the finger left to right. You need to take responsibility for your part in this. I swear to God, if I have to hear conservatives, Republicans, the party of McCarthy, the party of Starbucks outrage, the party that wanted to cancel Tupac or Insane Clown Posse or Harry Potter, if I have to listen to these fuckers talk about cancel culture anymore, I'm going to start punching people in the face indiscriminately on the street. People that have nothing to do with it. And in the same vein, in a more current reality, if I have to listen to liberals, Repu uh, Democrats, talk about body autonomy and a woman's right to choose and my body, my choice while pushing vaccine mandates, I might lose my goddamn mind. How in the fuck did we become so blind to hypocrisy? How are our memories that short? Do we actually think that there is a political party that is pro-freedom? 
Just because it is in your marketing does not make it true, Republicans. Look at Texas. You were free with the Republican Party within the bounds of Christianity. Let's be fucking honest with ourselves. Let's be honest with ourselves about what kind of freedom you are talking about. What kind of fantasy you were trying to sell to people. Now, it's not working. And I've watched over my lifetime, Republicans lose culture war after culture war. It's actually kind of nice to watch them get a W. It's actually kind of nice to watch Republicans get a win when it comes to Fauci and vaccines and fucking mandates and masks and all this other bullshit. It's nice to watch them get a win. It's like the little giants in a certain way because they've been absolutely destroyed culture war-wise for the last two decades that I remember. (sighs) But the Democrats have made it so easy now. They've made it so easy because they just pulled pages out of the Republican playbook. Let's be anti-science too. (laughs) Let's abandon the working class. Oh my God. I wish... I wish there was a populist party. I wish there was a real one. And now if I saw something earlier and I, I thought about clicking on it but decided to move on with my life until someone else made it relevant to me about Andrew Yang starting a third party. Don't know if he's the person to do it, but maybe, I don't know, somebody. At least it's it's a thing that's being taken relatively seriously by somebody who has political aspirations. And there's a reason that when I think about running for office, potentially governor of Colorado, because I love this state, I really do, I would not run. And I've had this conversation with people who work in politics. Um, it's like, well, if you run as an independent, you don't get the funding. Fuck the funding. That's the trap that people fall into. Absolutely fucking not. I can't in good faith put a DR and R next to my name. Just for the funding. We'll crowdsource this bitch. We'll grassroots it hard. We'll fight the good fight. And we will run a campaign against partisanship in itself. Anti-partisan. Anti-partisan. Not bipartisan. Not non-partisan. Anti-partisan. Because it would be nice to have someone in a position of leadership somewhere in this fucking country who actually wants to serve their constituents, not serve a goddamn political organization like the DNC or the RNC. Wouldn't that just be, isn't that just a novel concept? And maybe I'm a little pissed today because Norm MacDonald died. Norm MacDonald was a treasure. RIP, my dude. Him on Weekend Update, man, beautiful stuff. Him and Colin Quinn both. Great, Colin Quinn is still alive, of course, but him on Weekend Update, maybe it inspired what I do here. It wouldn't surprise me. I used to watch that shit all the time. And him as Burt Reynolds on Celebrity Jeopardy. Guys, just lost a good one today.
And maybe I'm just a little, a little sad, a little frustrated. I don't know. And maybe this stuff has just been stewing in my, in my being. It's been floating around my consciousness for too long, and I haven't had my outlet here to let it out. I don't know. But I'm fucking annoyed. I mean, let's just think, let's think about this. And maybe I'll just have a 30-minute fucking monologue before we can get into the show. But let's think about this. Gavin Newsom being recalled, right? That's today. As I'm recording this, the polls are still open in California to recall Gavin Newsom. Okay? There was a real shot there. There was a real shot to recall Gavin Newsom. So, to do that, to do that, to make that happen, which would be a paradigm-shifting experience for the state of California, Okay, the the man for the job, apparently, the Republicans think, they think the man for the job is Larry Elder, a conservative talk show host, a black Rush Limbaugh, if you will, who doesn't believe in a minimum wage, minimum wage, in Cal- and there's places where that can work. There's places where someone who is against the minimum wage can win and be the governor. But California is not one of those places, okay? You're talking about somebody, and this is the problem with doing something like this, right? I'm not a radio host, but there's a lot of content. It's a lot of hours of content out there of me saying shit. If I were to run for governor, I'm going to have to deal with that. Now, Trump kind of broke the mold and you can get away with that. But when you're someone like Larry Elder who has argued the case for paying reparations to slave owners. Now, I understand he's black. But still, paying reparations to slave owners because they had property taken from them by the government. That is a case that Larry Elder made once. (laughs) You think that's going to fly in California? Does that make any sense? Now, of course, Caitlyn Jenner just pretended to run, which was comical. And then now she's on like Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother, I think, which is great. Great for her. Good job. Good for you, Caitlyn. Um... And I think she probably would have solved the homelessness problem, but it's running them over in her car. Drunk, probably. Or her? Yeah. Her, sorry. Thought I messed that up. I wanted to I wanted to keep a PC. Um, so that was their solution. Their solution to the Gavin Newsom problem, which is very much a problem, is Larry Elder, which is absurd. Absurd. You should find... An anti-Trump, left-leaning conservative that might actually have a chance. Now, Gavin is leading in the polls by 15 points, so you can usually juice those by eight on the conservative side, so still seven points. Pretty clearly going to get through with this. But there was no real competition because... It was Larry Elder. Let's be real here. So that's moronic. There's a there's a, an amazing opportunity for the Republicans to show us what you got. And what they've got is Larry Elder. Odd. Odd. It, 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 I don't understand why Republicans are so impotent when it comes to taking advantage of opportunities. 
Like, you've curried so much favor and swung so much people maybe to the independents, right, to swing voters from, from Democrats. And it wasn't really the Republicans that did that, but the Democrats kind of did that to themselves. But still, a great opportunity. Shot themselves in the foot, right? And the way that they capitalize on that is a, a, a an abortion ban in Texas, which gives every Democrat Democrat in the nation something to push back against. That is incredibly unpopular. What in the actual donkey fuck were you thinking, Republican Party? What are you doing? Someone is handing you the future of the nation on a silver platter. And you got your thumb so far up your ass that you can't take advantage of it. Why? I swear, this is like, this is like watching a, a four and five year olds play t-ball. It's like you finally get a contact with the ball and you run the bases backwards. That's what it feels like watching the fucking Republicans try and do something. As if they just deserve our vote because the Democrats are shit. And of course they're going to swing the the House and the Senate in the midterms. Of course. I fucking hope so. Why wouldn't they? If they can't do that in the coming year, I think we got to take them out back and put them down. Both of them. Both of them. That dog won't hunt. You know what I mean? Jesus H. Oh, weird times. Weird times. Hey, um, speaking of weird times, if you like to support independent creators like myself, well, me specifically, join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash politically homeless. $6 a month, four bonus episodes every month. And on this month here where I'm recreating and out exploring and um, and doing my thing and and taking in nature and hopefully filling the freezer, we'll see. Get my first elk on the ground. I'll be very excited if I pull that off, but we'll see. During this time, I said I may do probably do two shows in September that were public, but the premium subscribers, that I'm missing shit because I prefer them. I prefer them. They are, they are the equivalent, the politically homeless equivalent to vaccinated people in the Democratic Party. You get preferential treatment. You get to go places. You get to be in public. You get to be outside. You get to speak. Your voice can be heard. Every premium episode is crowdsourced from the premium community for the premium community, of course. Diving into some fun stuff. We may get a little conspiratorial. I'm watching another uh, 9-11 conspiracy. The new Pearl Harbor. It's like five hours long. I've been consuming that little by little. Talk about stuff like that. I also drop articles and videos in there as I find relevant that people would get into. It's fun stuff. It's a good time. So check it out. Link is in the show notes. Patreon.com. Slash Politically Homeless. And there's other ways to support the show too. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share it with some friends. Put it on your social media. Do whatever you need to do. You know, follow me at Connor Wanders. Trying to get that politically homeless tag. 
Um, get the trademark, but the person who has that handle um, might have to die. I might have to go find them, get them to open their phone into their life and delete their Instagram account. At this point, that's, that seems like my only option. But I just got to hope that they're not vaccinated because then they'll just count it as a COVID death. Anyways, I think it's time to get into the show. I've rambled enough. I'm a little spacey today. I hope you're into it. It's been a long day. But being here with you is a beautiful experience. It's time for the state of things. Well, we all remember that time when Tony Fauci told Rand Paul that he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. We remember that time and liberal media cheered and said, Rand Paul just got owned by Tony. Tony the Tiger Fauci mauled him, mauled him, told him he didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Because that wasn't gain-of-function research. Well, 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 my friends. Come to find out, NIH documents provide new evidence U.S.-funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Weird. Now, look at the sub-headline. I love this because the Intercept is like, they're trying to do reporting here, but they're also kind of not. U.S.-funded experimental experiment in China posed biosafety risks but did not cause COVID-19 pandemic, comma, scientists say. Which scientists? The scientists that work for the NIH or the NIAID or whatever the fuck it's called? That's those we're listening to those people still. Which scientists are saying this? Because I know a fuck ton of scientists who are saying the opposite. It's like it's like a, it's like a bad toothpaste commercial. It's like two out of five dentists say this toothpaste works. Like what? Okay, sick. That tells me a lot. Anyways, let's continue here. The Intercept. Oh, documents obtained by the Intercept. Documents obtained by the Intercept contain new evidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the nearby Wuhan University Center for Animal Experiment didn't hear about that place before. Well, why did we not know about the Wuhan Universal University Center for Animal Experiment? How about it's we're we're almost two years into a fucking pandemic, and I've got I'm just now hearing about the Animal Experiment Lab in a crowded area known as Wuhan. We're just now, and maybe I, maybe I missed this. I see. It's, I don't seem to miss much when it comes to this kind of shit. Just now, hearing there's an animal experiment lab nearby the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Interesting. That's a very curious development. Let's just gloss right over that. Along with their collaborator, the U.S.-based nonprofit Eco Health Alliance have engaged in what the U.S. government defines as gain-of-function research of concern, intentionally making virus more, viruses more pathogenic or transmissible in order to study them despite stipulations from the U.S. Funded funding agency that the money may not be used for that purpose. Okay, so this whole article is more of the same. They do a lot of, like, undercutting their own 
journalism, which is interesting. It's, it's, it's funny when you like do journalism and then undercut your own journalism and your findings within your journalism and then stuff all the other shit at the very bottom behind an ad. So you almost like, it almost looks like the article is over. Then it's like, well, actually oh, that's exactly what the intercept did here. Cause once the intercept lost green, Glenn Greenwald, they lost most of their integrity as well. So when are we going to realize when, and here's the thing I like Democrats. Oftentimes I prefer Democrats. Oftentimes, especially on the local level where things can actually get done, not a bunch of virtue signaling dickheads at the federal level. But nonetheless, oftentimes, especially when it comes to people, I prefer left-leaning people in my life. have a lot of right-leaning people as well. I love them. But honestly, after starting all this whole thing, I have those in abundance in spades. Anyways, for real left-leaners, like myself, that mostly reside in politically homeless territory now. Go back five years, that wasn't the case. Before the Democratic, the Democratic establishment just decided to abandon everybody who supported them. They just abandoned them. Anyways, when are these people, right? So we, we as American citizens, across the board, right? But I'm talking specifically about left-leaners because it's no surprise that right-wingers right wingers Never really were on board with Fauci, like from day one, right? Fire Fauci started like on the second day of COVID. <laughs> it was interesting, right? Uh, but the left-leaners, right? Most of us have seen that Fauci is an incredible liability, an incredible liability, right? If we were to take a poll of people who are left of center on the political compass test, you got to take a political compass test if you're left of center, then... And we would take a poll. I would bet it would be like 80, 20 in agreement that Fauci is a tremendous liability. He's a fucking liar. He's a professional fear monger. That's what he does. That is his thing. He did it during HIV AIDS. He terrified people. He had people believing during the AIDS crisis that you could get AIDS from just being around someone. Just being around a, 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 in, in any kind of contact, breathing the same air, touching skin-to-skin -skin contact, things like that, with someone who had HIV. What kind of damage do you think that did to the gay community? Have you ever seen Philadelphia? Now, they didn't cover Fauci in that show, in that movie, which is an incredible movie, by the way. Highly recommend it. But you can see what happens to Tom Hanks' character in that whole situation, and the way he was viewed, the way he was treated. Now think about the kind of rhetoric that encouraged that kind of treatment of mostly gay men who are battling HIV and AIDS. That's the kind of person that Fauci is. The fact that he has any credibility at this point in my life, in his life, or my life, either life, astounds me. And the, the, the inability for the Democratic establishment to understand this dude is doing nothing but hurting you. He's not saving a fucking life. He's not doing shit. And if anything, he's incredibly culpable in this entire situation. But then we go on. And to think about just looking at this situation. No one trusts that motherfucker who is not on MSNBC, CNN, ABC, or whatever. Mainstream left-leaning outlets. No one 
How can we not accept that fucking reality? I, it blows my mind. I don't understand how within the federal government, you can fail forward. Everybody who was pro the war in Iraq and Afghanistan somehow has got promotion since then. Anthony Fauci is the highest paid government employee. Is that correct? Fact check me. Insane. How can you fail upward so much within the federal government? What is happening? Are we afraid to fire people who fucking suck? Who lie to our faces over and over and over again? No one elected that guy. No one. And yet here we are. As the go-to health expert for a nation who doesn't trust him. The reason that Afghanistan fell in the way that it did is because the Afghan people did not trust the leadership that was installed by the United States for good reason. That's what happens when you don't trust your leadership. And for whatever reason, there's, there's political incentives to invest in the person that the other side doesn't trust. And that's a wild thing to see. That's a weird thing to experience. Where it's like, well, if the right doesn't like him or her, that means we should lean in. We should lean in. I mean, one of the most clear examples of this, and this might seem like a, a strange segue, but follow me here. Joe Rogan. Now, I understand that bros referencing Joe Rogan constantly is annoying. Incredibly annoying. I get it. I understand, ladies. I'm on the same page. But I do love Joe Rogan. He's not my primary source of information, but I love the guy. Okay? Should he be your go-to informational outlet? Probably not. Or just diversify a little bit. Anyways. But... Look at the way that he was handled by the right and the left. Bernie got a soft endorsement from Joe. Okay? Soft endorsement. Like, I'll probably vote for Bernie. That's what he said. The left lost his fucking mind. Lost his mind. That's that's, that's the most prolific podcaster that has ever existed. Endorsing one of your candidates and you shit on him for it now when dan crenshaw goes on or he says something that's 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 favorable to the republican party they take a clip of that and they put it everywhere whether it's the nra crenshaw coleon noir like so many people and put it out there everywhere because that's what you should do because there's a reason that he has the biggest audience of anybody in this game, and he gets more views on every single podcast than Rachel Maddow does on any show that she's ever done ever. Think about it. If the right likes him, we got to hate him. If the right hates him, we got to like him. Why? And that's what we're seeing here. The best thing Biden could do for his approval rating right now is fire this pussy. Excuse my language. Excuse my language. Let me go Alex Jones. Excuse my language. I was, hate, I was angry. But seriously, this lying scumbag, lying to our fucking faces, and still people are so clowned into supporting him for some reason? Who's doing this? Joanne Reed? 
is Joanne Reed. Now the, the person who we who who has the, the best judge of character. Brian Stelter, maybe? How about him? Give me a fucking break. These are people who were sucking off Cuomo while he was grabbing some titty. A weird deal. A weird little menage a trois bullshit. But that's where we're at. And we're seeing more and more and more evidence that he's full of shit. Now, was he supposed to be funding gain-of-function research? It seems like no. And it seems like he's an arrogant piece of shit who didn't fucking care. And he went rogue. And it blew up in his face. And now he's trying to backtrack. He got cocky. He got cocky and he got caught. I mean, there needs to be some serious investigation here. I don't think the the, the, the Biden Department of Justice isn't going to do much about it. But man... What an embarrassment for our country to see this happen. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm tired of being embarrassed to be an American in many ways. And I don't mean that I think it's bad to be an American, but Jesus Christ. I want to think we're better than this as a country, and I hope that we are. But at this point, I need some affirmation to that belief. <sighs> what a joke. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Element, from Elemental Labs. Listen, it's about to cool down. It's getting to, it's getting to be fall. Now, if you're in Texas, it's still hot as balls, so this does not apply to you, but it does. Because you also need some moisture. You need some hydration. You need some magnesium. You need that good, good. Some electrolyte and salt. But for the rest of us out here in the rest of the world, that's not hot as balls right now. We are coming into fall. It's cooling down. You might see a little snow soon. And you know what you don't do when it's cool? You don't drink enough water. You don't hydrate yourself enough. You don't keep yourself right over the wintertime. Now, I'm an advocate for exercising more in the winter and not gaining that little bit of bulk that you have to lose for summer, stay in swimsuit safe all the time. But on top of that, I'm an advocate for healthy hydration. I'm an advocate for being your best self, living your truth. And I live my truth moist as fuck. And I do that with Element. Now, I've become... Kind of a watermelon bad bitch. I mean, I when I open up the cupboard and I have a plethora of element, every element you could imagine, every flavor, just boxes. It's great. We live a very moist life over here. But I grab that watermelon every time. And they added it to the variety pack that you get just cover shipping. Five bucks. Ship it to your house. Boom. Drink it. Be better. Live better. Be hydrated. It's delicious. I drink it every day, at least one a day. When I'm in the mountains, I drink it all the time. I'm putting in that work. Because that thirst will sneak up on you. It'll sneak up on you and it gets you in trouble. You're not yourself when you're thirsty. And you may not even know. You may not even know. We are in a pandemic of the unhydrated. 
You need to do your part. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Flatten the curve of heat dehydration with Element. L-M-N-T. You can get your variety pack that now includes watermelon at drinkelement.com slash wonders. D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash wanders with an A. The link is in the show notes. You can order your variety pack while you're listening to the show. Scroll down, hit the link in the show notes. I'm pretty sure that link still works because Apple's made some changes, but I'm pretty sure it does. And if it doesn't, just open up your browser and put drink, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash wanders in your browser. It will take you right there. Or go to my Instagram. The link is in my bio. It's fucking everywhere. Hydrate yourself. I'm not your fucking mom. I don't like telling you to do this, but you need it. You need it. Don't let the anti-hydration crew lie to you. You need it. Drinkelement.com slash wonders. Variety pack. $5. Go ahead and add some more watermelon to your cart and do it. It's got electrolytes and salt and magnesium. And it's delicious. It'll make you sexier. You know what I find? I Maybe I have a kink. Maybe it's a certain kink. But I'm into people that are hydrated. And maybe it's just me. I don't know. Is that you too? Are we in this together? What are you waiting for? Click the link. Drinkelement.com slash wanders with an A. Not wonders. Not wondering, I'm wandering. W-A-N-D-R-E-S. Drinkelement.com slash wonders. Link is in the show notes. Get yourself some element. Variety pack, $5. I said it again. I'm doing it again. We're here today. Now let's get back to the show. So, something else everybody's talking about, which I <laughs> I was actually on my way to the mountain. Uh, I had people ask me, like, what do you think uh, Joe Biden's going to say in his speech about the new COVID stuff, whatever, whatever. I was like, I don't know, probably more of the same. Encourage people to mask or whatever. I don't know. Talk about kids in schools and fear monger and villainize people, which I was right about some of that stuff. But I wasn't right with the extent that he was going to go to. So let's check out. We're going to play the 30-minute speech. I'm not playing that much of I can't listen to Joe Biden talk for that long. But we'll play a little bit of this starting with the big bombshell. Let's get into it. As your president, I'm announcing tonight a new plan to require more Americans to be vaccinated to combat those blocking public health. My plan also increases testing, protects our economy, and will make our kids safer in schools. It consists of six broad areas of action and many specific measures in each that in each of those actions you can read more about in whitehouse.gov. Whitehouse.gov. The measures, these are going to take time to have full impact. But if we implement them, I believe and the scientists indicate that the months ahead, we can reduce the number of unvaccinated Americans, decrease hospitalizations and deaths, and allow our children to go to school safely and keep our economy strong by keeping businesses open. 
First, we must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. With nearly 80 million... Because that's how you get people to do a thing, is by coercing them or forcing them to... Oh, wow. ...eligible Americans who have not gotten vaccinated. Many said they were waiting for approval from the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Well, last month, the FDA granted that approval. So, the time for waiting is over. This summer, we made progress through the combination of vaccine requirements and incentives, as well as the FDA approval. Okay, so let's discuss this FDA approval thing here. Since I was about... 20 years old, I've known that the FDA is absolutely full of shit. How can a food and drug administration for the United States of America be trusted when we have a fucking food and drug problem? We have an obesity and drug problem that is out of control. Okay? So I think the FDA can be chalked up as a colossal fucking failure that no one should trust. I do not trust the FDA any more than I trust the pharmaceutical companies that make the drugs that the FDA approves. So FDA approval doesn't mean shit to me or many other people that are in this kind of like wait and see group or what's we'll hash it out. When somebody says like they're in the wait and see group and Crystal and Sagar on breaking points talk about this and I don't think they, don't think they do a good job with understanding what the like the wait and see people want to wait and see. It's not going to take a year or two years, more like five or 10. Like that's really what the wait and see group is looking for. The reason being, there's a lot of things that can happen in that five or 10 years. Like, are these people having children? Are those children healthy? Are there any unforeseen issues? Are there any illnesses that are cropping up that are part of this vaccine? Is there just going to be boosters forever? Are there some variants that are actually going to be more infectious among the vaccinated than the unvaccinated? These are all things that are possible. Very much, very possible. So FDA approval doesn't really mean much at all. At all. To me, anyways. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that because the FDA is a fucking joke. Let's continue. Four million more people got their first shot in August than they did in July. We need to do more. Oh, yeah. This is not about freedom go. or personal choice. I think it is, actually. It's about protecting yourself and those around you. Not your fucking responsibility, Joe Biden. No, that's not your responsibility. I can go jump off a fucking cliff with a parachute on with minimal experience. That's a thing that I can do. I can go down to skydive whatever and jump out of an airplane I can ride a dirt bike. I can go hiking in the mountains alone. These are all things. It's not your fucking responsibility to protect me. Okay? I don't. I didn't ask for that. I don't want that. And many other Americans, vaccinated and unvaccinated, don't believe that's your responsibility. Why in the fuck do you think it's your responsibility to do that? Is that what you were elected for? Really? The people you work with. The people you care about. The people you love. My job as president is to protect all Americans. No, it's not. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces 
are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. So the Daily Wire came out and said, fuck you. And Dana White from the UFC said, fuck you. Uh, Not going to happen. That's not okay. This is... Now, what they're doing, and this is funny, they don't, they don't talk about this. This was a 1970 ruling that the federal government could get involved to protect workers. That was having to do with asbestos, not a communicable illness, okay? So there's a slight, people will say that he's on like rock solid legal footing with this. We'll see. We'll see, because this is going to go through the courts. This is going to be a disaster, absolute disaster. And of course, this fucks over smaller businesses. Now, you can say if you have 100 employees, you're not really a small business, but small on the smaller on the spectrum, right? The, what, what are we doing here? You gotta, you, who's, who's paying for these tests? Who's paying for these tests if you decide not to get vaccinated? Or would it just be easier for them to fire people that don't want to get vaccinated? That's what's actually happening. He's offering a, a fake proposition. Now, people like, and this is something where I've, I, I disagree with Kyle Kalinske and, uh, like adamantly here, which hap- is rarely happens. He says technically not a mandate because you have another option. That's fucking horseshit. This isn't effectively a mandate. Like, people are going to be losing their jobs over this. While he's over here stroking himself off talking about an economic recovery. Give me a break. Some of the biggest companies are already requiring this. United Airlines, Disney, Tyson's Food, and even Fox News. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. This, that language in itself, we're going to protect vaccinated people from unvaccinated people. We're going to take, protect you from your neighbor. We're going to protect you from that villain, that disgusting human being who doesn't want to get vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine. We have to protect you from them. It's us and them. Us and them all the time. All the time. Now, this rhetoric exists on the right as well. But right now, there's not very many other options. And it's very interesting to hear how language is so important. And being precise with language is incredibly important. Thank you, Jordan Peterson. Okay? And just the, the rhetoric around this and the, the seeds that that plants, just that language, we have to protect you from them. They are bad. They are broken. They are stupid. It's a, it's a terrible way. It's a terrible way to run a country. We're going to reduce the spread of COVID-19 by increasing the share of the workforce that is vaccinated in businesses all across America. My plan will extend the vaccination requirements that I previously issued in the healthcare field. Already, I've announced, we'll be requiring vaccinations at all nursing home workers who treat patients on Medicare and Medicaid because I have that federal authority. Tonight, I'm using that same authority to expand that to cover those who work in hospitals, home healthcare facilities, or other medical facilities. A total of 17 million healthcare workers. If you're seeking care at a health facility, you should be able to know that the people treating you are vaccinated. Simple, straightforward, period. Next. So that, I don't agree with that, but I can understand it. And I don't like it at all. I think it's, 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 a, it's an overreach as well. But there's some logic to it, I guess. It, like, it, it makes a little bit more sense than the thing you just said, right? Now let's continue. We're going to cut this off pretty quick, but let's continue just a bit more. I will sign an executive order 
that will now require all executive branch federal employees to be vaccinated, all. And I've signed another executive order that will require federal contractors to do the same. If you want to work with the federal government and do business with us, get vaccinated. If you want to do business with the federal government, vaccinate your workforce. And tonight, I'm removing one of the last remaining obstacles that make it difficult for you to get vaccinated. The Department of Labor will require employers with 100 or more workers to give those workers paid time off to get vaccinated. No one should lose pay in order to get vaccinated or take a loved one to get vaccinated. But someone should lose their job if they don't want to get vaccinated. Okay, this I actually agree with, right? And I like that there's nuance here. I think that if you want to get vaccinated, you shouldn't risk losing pay to do that. I don't think that, that, that to me, that's not freedom. That's not, that, 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 that freedom of choice is what I'm standing for here. Not pro-vax, anti-vax. That's not what this is about to me. Freedom of choice. So if you want to get vaccinated and your barrier to entry to get vaccinated is that you can't get time off work if you, you know, feel down for a couple of days after the second shot, like a lot of people do, or any of that stuff, right? Yeah, that's I, I'm I support that. That was the only thing he came out and announced. That'd be amazing. But this other coercive coercive bullshit is just is just atrocious. It's it's insane. It's an incredible overreach. So then we have this continuing down down the rabbit hole. We're here. We have uh, Lena Wen, who is always on CNN and MSNBC, who has said we've brought her up on the show numerous times some out there shit. Some really out there shit. Now let's hear how she's languaging this whole situation. We need to start looking at the choice to remain unvaccinated the same as we look at driving while intoxicated. We need to look at the choice to remain unvaccinated in the same way that we look at driving while drunk. Do you hear the words that just came out of your fucking mouth, Lena? Is that a real, an actual real thought? And then you have Cuomo over here just nodding his head. And I don't know who this nerd is on the other side over here, but Jesus Christ. Can nobody jump in and be like, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. That you have the option to not get vaccinated if you want, but then you can't go out in public because when you... What? What kind of authoritarian nightmare world does this woman want us to live in? go out in public you have the potential of infecting other people with a potentially deadly disease just like and every time you get in the car you have a potential of being in an accident okay doesn't mean you're drunk doesn't mean you're a threat to society because you're driving around you can choose to drink in private if you want but if you get behind the wheel of a car and can endanger other people there is an obligation by society to prevent you from doing that so i think the what president biden did today is exactly right to say that the vaccinated should not have to pay the price for the so-called choices of the unvaccinated anymore although to your point chris i definitely um wished that he had also announced some type of proof of vaccination because at this point So not only that, some type of proof of vaccination. Yeah. Yeah. This woman, this woman, this woman is an authoritative, authoritative source. That's, that's where we're getting our information from. Beautiful. Amazing. 
flimsy piece of paper that's so easy to counterfeit. And I, I mean, we don't allow this to board an airplane, right? You don't go to the TSA right. checkpoint and say, I am who I say I am. Here's a piece of paper right. where, where I wrote my name. Some I mean, states, we have though, ID for this reason. And some states are doing system. it, right? New York is doing it, but you're right. We need a national system for these kinds of policies to take. <sighs> Cuomo, Cuomo. This is, just, this is just atrocious. Now let's check this out. Members of Congress and their staff are exempt from Biden's vaccine mandate. Members of Congress and their staff. It was only the executive branch. And people like you. So let's keep that in mind. Members of Congress and their staff are exempt from Biden's vaccine mandate. That's beautiful. That's just This is just great stuff. Doesn't get any better. Does she have Lena 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 Khan? Is that how you say her name? Lena Wynn, excuse me. Lena Wynn. Future dictator. <laughs> what in the what world are we living in, guys? Like what in the actual fuck? I don't even see that many doctors, and I look on all sides. I don't see that many doctors who are on board with this. I think this is a good idea. It's insane. I'm so curious to see what goes on with this course. And I can't imagine this Lena woman is, should be on TV. She'd be in a fucking insane asylum. What in the fuck are you talking about, woman? Like how? How do those thoughts come into your head and out of your mouth? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the world that woman wants to live in? And the president doesn't even have the authority to require members of Congress and their staff to get vaccinated. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Wow. It's not very often on this show that you'll hear me talk about good reporting from the New York Times. Um, but there are exceptions, and this is an exception. This is Evan Hill from the New York Times. He tweeted this out. It says, The final act of the U.S. war in Afghanistan was a drone strike in Kabul that killed 10 people. Our latest investigation shows a man the military saw as an imminent threat and ISIS facilitator was actually an aid worker returning to his family. Now, they released this video, some video journalism here. Um, I haven't actually watched this yet, so it's 10 minutes and 46 seconds. I want to watch this. I want to watch it with you. I want to watch it live. We're all watching this together for the first time probably. So let's check this out. This was the drone strike that happened right after the suicide bombings at the Kabul airport um, that killed 12 Marines, numerous other people, many Afghans. Um, and we had this drone strike that said, hey, we knocked out some ISIS-K, you know, somebody, some suspicious person. As with many drone strikes, that was complete horseshit. Of course, they killed seven children, 10 people from one family, seven of them children. Um, yeah. And this guy who we'll find out was not involved with ISIS K. He was employed by an NGO and an American based NGO and was the breadwinner for his entire family. So let's check this out. In one of the final acts of its 20 year war in Afghanistan, the United States fired a missile from a drone at a car in Kabul. It was parked in the courtyard of a home, and the explosion killed 10 people, including 43-year-old Zamarai Ahmadi and seven children, according to his family. 
All the victims were part of my family, my brother, my nephews, my children. The Pentagon claimed that Ahmadi was a facilitator for the Islamic State and that his car was packed with explosives, posing an imminent threat to U.S. troops guarding the evacuation at the Kabul airport. The procedures were correctly followed, and it was a righteous strike. What the military apparently didn't know was that Ahmadi was a longtime aid worker who colleagues and family members said spent the hours before he died running office errands and ended his day by pulling up to his house. Soon after, his Toyota was hit with a 20-pound Hellfire missile. What was interpreted as the suspicious moves of a terrorist may have just been an average day in his life. And it's possible that what the military saw Ahmadi loading into his car were water canisters he was bringing home to his family, not explosives. Using never-before-seen security camera footage of Ahmadi, interviews with his family, co-workers and witnesses, we will piece together, for the first time, his movements in the hours before he was killed. Zemrai Ahmadi was an electrical engineer by training. For 14 years, he had worked for the Kabul Office of Nutrition and Education International. NEI established a total of 11 soybean processing plants in Afghanistan. It's a California-based NGO that fights malnutrition. On most days, he drove one of the company's white Toyota Corollas, taking his colleagues to and from work and distributing the NGO's food to Afghans displaced by the war. Only three days before Ahmadi was killed, 13 U.S. troops and more than 170 Afghan civilians died in an Islamic State suicide attack at the airport. The military had given lower-level commanders the authority to order airstrikes earlier in the evacuation, and they were bracing for what they feared was another imminent attack. To reconstruct Ahmadi's movement on August 29th, in the hours before he was killed, the Times pieced together the security camera footage from his office with interviews with more than a dozen of Ahmadi's colleagues and family members. Ahmadi appears to have left his home around 9 a.m. He then picked up a colleague and his boss's laptop near his house. It's around this time that the U.S. military claimed it observed a white sedan leaving an alleged Islamic State safe house around five kilometers northwest of the airport. That's why the U.S. military said they tracked Ahmadi's Corolla. That and you can't see this, but there's about seven white sedans on one street in Kabul. That day. They also said they intercepted communications from the safe house, instructing the car to make several stops. But every colleague who rode with Ahmadi that day said what the military interpreted as a series of suspicious moves was just a typical day in his life. After Ahmadi picked up another colleague, the three stopped to get breakfast, and at 9.35 a.m., they arrived at the NGO's office. Later that morning, Ahmadi drove some of his co-workers to a Taliban-occupied police station to get permission for future food distribution at a new displacement camp. At around 2 p.m., Ahmadi and his colleagues returned to the office. The security camera footage we obtained from the office is crucial to understanding what happens next. The camera's timestamp is off, but we went to the office and verified the time. We also matched an exact scene from the footage with a timestamp satellite image to confirm it was accurate. At 2.35 p.m., Ahmadi pulls out a hose, and then he 
and a co-worker fill empty containers with water. Earlier that morning, we saw Ahmadi bring these same empty plastic containers to the office. There was a water shortage in his neighborhood, his family said, so he regularly brought water home from the office. At around 3.38 p.m., a colleague moves Ahmadi's car further into the driveway. A senior U.S. official told us that at roughly the same time, the military saw Ahmadi's car pull into an unknown compound 8 to 12 kilometers southwest of the airport. That overlaps with the location of the NGO's office, which we believe is what the military called an unknown compound. With the workday ending, an employee switched off the office generator, and the feed from the camera ends. We don't have footage of the moments that followed. But it's at this time, the military said, that its drone feed showed four men gingerly loading wrapped packages into the car. Officials said they couldn't tell what was inside them. This footage from earlier in the day shows what the men said they were carrying. Their laptops, one in a plastic shopping bag. And the only things in the trunk, Ahmadi's co-worker said, were the water containers. Ahmadi dropped each one of them off, then drove to his home in a dense neighborhood near the airport. He backed into the home's small courtyard. Children surrounded the car, according to his brother. Says the kids had a habit when my older brother got home that they would um, jump in the car and surround the car when it was still in the alley. A U.S. official said the military feared the car would leave again and go into an even more crowded street or to the airport itself. The drone operators who hadn't been watching Ahmadi's home at they were afraid that he would go to a more populated area to blow people up. So the solution to that issue was to blow people up. Huh. At all that day, quickly scanned the courtyard and said they saw only one adult male talking to the driver and no children. They decided this was the moment to strike. Yeah, we believe what the military tells us. It was a drone strike. A U.S. official told us that the strike on Ahmadi's car was conducted by an MQ-9 Reaper drone that fired a single Hellfire missile with a 20-pound warhead. We found remnants of the missile, which experts said matched a Hellfire at the scene of the attack. In the days after the attack, the Pentagon repeatedly claimed that the missile strike set off other explosions and that these likely killed the civilians in the courtyard. That's Significant a... secondary explosions from the targeted vehicle <laughs> indicated the presence you of a lied, substantial amount piece of, of explosive uh, material. Because of secondary explosions, there's oh a reasonable uh, conclusion to be made. Did he have WMDs too? Did he have WMDs? Is that what was going on? You fucking lying cowards there was explosives in that vehicle. But a senior military official later told us that it was only possible to probable that explosives in the car caused another blast. We gathered photos and videos of the scene taken by journalists and visited the courtyard multiple times. We shared the evidence with three weapons experts 
who said the damage was consistent with the impact of a Hellfire missile. They pointed to the small crater beneath Ahmadi's car and the damage Jesus from the metal Christ. fragments of the warhead. This plastic melted as a result of a car fire triggered by the missile strike. All three experts also pointed out what was missing, any evidence of the large secondary explosions described by the Pentagon. No collapsed or blown out walls, including next to the trunk with the alleged explosives. No sign that a second car parked in the courtyard was overturned by a large blast. No destroyed vegetation. All of this matches what eyewitnesses told us, that a single missile exploded and triggered a large fire. There is one final detail visible in the wreckage. Containers, identical to the ones that Ahmadi and his colleague filled with water and loaded into his trunk before heading home. Even though the military said the drone team watched the car for eight hours that day, a senior official also said they weren't aware of any water containers. The Pentagon has not provided the Times with evidence of explosives in Ahmadi's vehicle or shared what they say is the intelligence that linked they don't him to the Islamic State. Fucking exist. But the morning after the U.S. killed Ahmadi, the Islamic State did launch rockets at the airport from a residential area Ahmadi had driven through the previous day. And the vehicle they used was a white Toyota. Our bad. The U.S. military has so far acknowledged only three civilian deaths from its strike and says there is an investigation underway. They have also admitted to knowing nothing about... Yeah, three civilian adults died. Did children not count as civilians? I guess not. That, 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 would, that, that would make us look bad, right? Mahdi before killing him, leading them to interpret the work of an engineer at a U.S. NGO as that of an Islamic State terrorist. Four days before Ahmadi was killed, his employer had applied for his family to receive refugee resettlement in the United States. At the time of the strike, they were still awaiting approval. It's a great way to not have to take any of our um, any of our allies from from that area to back to into the United States is to blow them up. So when someone applies for refugee status, we should just drone strike their entire family. Because that's a good way to squash terrorism and not make extremists. Yeah, fantastic. Looking to the U.S. for protection, they instead became some of the last victims in America's longest war. It's a good-looking family, too. Hi, I'm Evan. One of so that's that. I haven't seen that till just now. I'm disgusted. And I got into this, like, I don't know why I do this, but I got into this, like, debate because I had thrown out the number 150,000 civilian casualties in the 20 years we were in Afghanistan. I don't think that's an overstatement. Um, there's evidence to support that. I've seen the evidence to support that. There's ranges from 50,000 to 400,000, some even higher. I think 150 is a, is, a, is a reasonable estimate for number of civilian casualties. And if you have any doubts, if you have any doubts at all about that number, Look at this. Look at this. One, it was the wrong person. It was the wrong car. Two, even if he was the right person, seven children died. Seven 
children are dead. Now, what if that was your family? What if that was your family? Do you think that the people who lost their family members in 9-11 are less extreme when it comes to wanting revenge than the average citizen? We have to accept the fact, and I know this is going to rub people the wrong way. I may lose some followers, but I don't give a fuck. We have to accept the fact that to many people around the world, we are the terrorists. We are the terrorists living in privilege and safety and security and trying to police the world via remote control airplanes because some nerd is in Nevada ending lives on a screen. Does that make me less patriotic that I want to hold this country accountable for its actions? I don't think so. I don't think so, and I would encourage you to do the same, which I don't do often. I share perspective on this show. I don't encourage people to do shit. I'm not your mom. But true patriotism, in my view, and yes, patriotism is subjective, is holding the wealthiest nation in the world with the most powerful military in the world accountable for their mistakes, their oversight, and their motherfucking lies. The Pentagon released a statement saying there were zero civilian casualties, then three, when the fucking reality is that there were ten and no one involved with extremist groups or ISIS or Al-Qaeda or the Taliban was killed. Unless some seven-year-old girl is somehow an extremist. It puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? The war ended the same way the war went. This has not been a um, lighthearted fun episode, and that's getting more and more common. But it is what it is. And this is the shit that's important. We can make dick jokes some other time, I guess. But anyways, now it's time for me to give you something to think about. Okay. We heard this phrase often. We heard this phrase a lot through COVID. And that phrase is the new normal. The new normal. We'll get back to a new normal, which is manipulation and kind of backhanded, but it's a phrase. And my thought today, I was sitting around thinking while I was waiting on some ducks to fly into the spread. Um, I was thinking... What if this is the new normal? And I don't mean masks and max vaccines and all this other shit. Let's step away from that for a second. And think about how the world will be if the way that we treat each other, those that we disagree with, those that make different decisions, those that look different, those that have controversial or unpopular opinions, the way that we treat our neighbors, our fellow Americans, 
What if that's the new normal? The way we speak to each other. The way we villainize each other. Calling each other libtards and white supremacists and Trumpers and Magistan and blah, 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 blah. Name-calling, petty bullshit. We're fast and quickly eroding into a nation that is nothing but petty bullshit. Conversations of substance are censored. Your neighbors are villainized. You may be villainized. Self-righteousness coats it all. And we treat each other like absolute fucking garbage. Now, you may not believe in karma. But I think Jesus said, what goes around comes around. And if you're a conservative out there yelling about libtards and calling anybody who voted for Joe Biden a fucking idiot or a piece of shit or a communist, then fuck you. How about that? Let's just play the same game. Fuck you. And if you're some liberal self-righteous prick who thinks that the unvaccinated are, are, are a larger threat to this nation than anything else, then fuck you too. Because the rest of us out here who don't care to stand on a pedestal and look down at others are the only thing, in my opinion, holding this nation together. So let's think about whether we really want this behavior, this childish, petty bullshit to be our new normal. And when you feel the urge to give in to anger and spite and judgment, know that's the easy way out. That is the easy way out. Cognitively, emotionally, that's the way of a coward. Now you may have a shirt that says, lion not sheep or some other bullshit. And that's cool and that'll probably make you feel good about yourself but it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. What really matters is not how you treat people that agree with you. It's how you listen to people that you disagree with. How you find common ground. How you stand for your principles and your values and let those be represented by your actions. The way to a better United States of America isn't through politics our policy, our politicians, our celebrities, or social media, or censorship, or libertarianism, or socialism, none of that. The way to do a better United States of America is people growing the fuck up. That's all I've got for you today. I'm glad you're here. I'm grateful you're here. Join the Patreon if you were into it. Patreon.com slash politically homeless. Make sure to support our sponsors. DrinkElement.com slash wanders. Get yourself a free variety pack. I fucking love you guys. I know this was heavy. I know it was. Bear with me. We're in this together. Treat each other with love and respect. 
Keep your head on straight. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.